Listening to a podcast that seeks to bring the church world and the art world a little closer together. I am your humble host, Matt Anderson, and I want to thank you for joining us. I'd invite you to please subscribe or follow this podcast on your platform of choice. And if you could give us a five star review, uh, that really helps us to gain more visibility. And if you do, I will come to your house and alphabetize your recipe cards. Also, if you would like to advertise on our podcast, we would love to have you aboard. You can inquire by emailing me at mattcastworld. That's all one word, mattcastworld at gmail.com. So where are all the drivers? This is a refrain I've been hearing for the last few months. When I go to pick someone up, and take them to their destination, that has been their opening question because passengers have been waiting a lot longer than they used to. And my response to them is, they're on unemployment. You see, somewhere in the midst of the the pandemic, the government decided that uh, rideshare drivers were able to collect uh, unemployment from uh, the federal government. Even though we don't pay into it, we're technically independent contractors. We're not employees. Uh, But still, they offered it. And so a lot of drivers decided that rather than rack up miles on their car and go through innumerable potholes and uh, subject themselves to possible accidents, uh, they stayed home. Meanwhile, uh, people like me decided to keep on going, and that's the question that we hear. I think this may be the official phrase of 2021. It's this. It's two words. The official phrase of 2021, now hiring. I was driving home on a a Saturday afternoon, and uh, there was a... um, Uh, I'd say it's a regional chain. It's not national, but it's throughout the Midwest. And it's near my home, and I was going to call them up to place a carryout order. And when I did, the young lady who responded said, we don't have enough employees to do carryout orders. Now, I didn't know what that meant. It's not like I needed a server or I didn't need a hostess. Uh, But apparently there weren't enough cooks or people in the back of the house to make that happen. And you'll you'll see incentives, right? How many times a day do you see the words now hiring uh, throughout your city? And all kinds of incentives. There's signing bonuses, like at McDonald's. <laughs> like, like they're an NBA free agent or something. The signing bonuses and, and all kinds of perks and raises and things of this nature. But it, it doesn't seem to be working. You know, I was at I was at a national chain restaurant a couple of days ago, and I reminded everyone around me. I said, "Just everyone, be patient, because I know this place is understaffed, which means it's going to take a while 
to give our orders and get our food. And uh, of course, that that's what happened. And unfortunately, then the people who were nice enough to show up and actually work take the brunt of the criticism. I don't know why it is. Uh, I guess the easiest way is to say we all just love free money. And why work when you can Netflix and chill? Um, it's hard to uh, compete with that. I think part of it is people are refusing to take jobs that they deem to be beneath them, or at least their level of education. But I, I think what some aren't realizing is that everything leads to something. This is kind of one of my little rules of life. Everything leads to something. So even if you can't get what you're looking for, sometimes you have to take something that's less. Do well at it because everything leads to something. And, and maybe you can't hop back in the job market where you left it. And of course, that's tough. And then now the government doesn't make it easy because now you have to find something that matches what you're getting in unemployment. And you can see how that kind of a trap has really hampered generations of American citizens. But everything leads to something. If we would just do it. And while, while we all love free stuff, we don't realize that there's kind of a spiritual disease that creeps in. It's called idleness. Uh, now, I don't mean idols of gold and silver, I-D-O-L. I mean I-D-L-E. When your car idles, it's just sitting there. Idleness. We're in life. We're just sitting there. And it is a definite spiritual problem that the Apostle Paul had to address with the believers in the Greek city of Thessalonica. So in his letter to the, it's his second letter actually to the church. This is chapter three, verse six. He says, and now dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they received from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night, so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. Now, no able-bodied believer and by the way, I've actually known a lot of people with disabilities who still bust their butt to earn a living, by the way. No able-bodied believer should be caught up in idleness. And uh, too much time on our hands is a dangerous thing. I know there's a famous saying that idle hands are the devil's workshop. That's not really scripture, uh, but it's, uh, it's not far from true. It's, it, this is kind of a, um, 
it can develop into a real generational thing. We don't realize that uh, our lack of work, what it's doing to us physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually, if we can work, and I, I always think there's something you and I can do, and that the Lord desires for us, and really this is something that we must do in light of our condition. It's the same trap, really, that families have dealt with for, for a long time when it comes to free money from the government. Because almost nothing we can find out there will match what we're getting for free. So we don't work at all. We don't take the risk of losing that with the hope of, of eventually making more by our performance. It, it, it's an awful trap. And at some point, you, you kind of have to let go of the rail. Because you, I would assume you want to make more than what you're getting in unemployment. Well, that's never going to happen if you don't jump out. And you might have to start off below where you were at. But if you're good at what you do, it's going to lead somewhere, especially right now. Think about this. There's so much less competition out there right now. You can advance very quickly in whatever company you go to. Bosses and, and business owners are just looking for competent people who want to be there. So it can be a lot quicker than you think, getting back to where you were and even past that before COVID. You know, the funny thing is all, all this stuff with work, and it, isn't it strange that spiritually, you know, we live in a, in a position where we are not saved by our works, but yet work is demanded of us in our daily life. And really, it was our sin that disrupted the original purpose of our creation and caused us to actually work. Uh, this is after Eve partook of the fruit, and then she gave it to Adam, and, and he took it as well. So the Lord shows up, and he is laying the law down, and he says in Genesis 3.17 to Adam, here's what he says, because you have listened to the voice of your wife... And have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you. What he's saying there is, because you listened to your wife and not to me. Because if there's a disagreement between the two, we always go for the Lord. I know that probably doesn't play in politically correct America right now. But uh, that's what happens when you're supposed to be leading your home. And uh, you're not paying attention to what the Lord is saying. Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. This is not the original plan. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So all that we experience in work, all of that, oh, I don't want to get out of bed and head to the office, or I don't want to, I don't want to have to be back on the construction crew or the landscaping crew. All of it is because of the original sin in Eden. That's why work is hard. And I know we'll hear from great people who have more successful podcasts than I say, you know, get into a, a job that's it doesn't even feel like work. Well, it takes effort. I mean, it's, it's great if you can reach that place where what you're doing is so fulfilling and, and 
um, and fun. Uh, we all strive for that. But even if you're there, there's still stuff you have to do. You can't just sit back and let things roll in. So we're still living under that until we uh, get out of this life. And this is why work is what it is. But work we must. Idleness only leads to trouble. When we're not producing with our hands, we will probably produce works of the flesh with our life. I suppose the ultimate example of this on steroids will be Jeffrey Epstein, a guy who had more money than just about anybody else. And what we know from his life is he barely did anything to get it. I mean, the guy hardly worked most of his life. And he had way too much time on his hands. And we know now where that led him. Now, a lot of us don't have that issue. We don't have that kind of money. And so it, uh, those temptations are beyond us. But here's what it can lead us to. If we're not working for a prolonged period of time, it can affect us physically because we're, we're just not moving. We can, uh, we can fall into depression because we're just in the house all the time. Uh, we're not contributing anything. We're, we don't feel like we're producing anything. It can really lead us to anxiety. It can lead us to feelings of failure. And the enemy loves to beat up on the isolated and the idle. He loves it. He loves to tell us that we're nothing and that we have nothing to give and offer. This is the kind of stuff that idleness can lead to. The funny thing is, idleness can lead to idolatry. And we can start uh, worshiping our, our lack of work. But folks, it leads to nowhere. It leads to a, a horrible place. And it can get people involved in things they shouldn't be involved in because they've got too much time on their hands on social media or otherwise. So I just want to say biblically, biblically, believers, let's get back to work. Tonight on PBS, a special front night town hall for you and everyone you know, because we desperately need the ratings. Are vaccine passports the wave of the future? Will America become a country in which papers must be shown to gain entry to sporting events, restaurants, theaters, and beanie baby collector shops? Sorry, that last one was for me. Should Americans be forced to choose between freedom and safety, and how far is too far? Front Night goes beyond all other shows to bring a balanced panel of experts to weigh in. People such as Ivy League presidents, MSNBC reporters, CNN contributors, reporters for the New York Times and the Washington Post, for some reason a spokesperson from Planned Parenthood, and a conservative guy named Ed we met at a truck stop. Watch as the really smart and educated people beat up on Ed for two hours, calling him a rube and a hayseed, refer to flyover country 
and imply that he's inbred, all while cueing the audience with an applause sign in an effort to bring you both sides of this crucial argument. Only the view can bring you a similar balanced approach. It's our special town hall. Why do unvaxxed people want to kill? Only on PBS, because we're much smarter than you. Chapter 10 begins this way. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know, since Jesus' earthly ministry, he's had a sign on full display for all to see. Now hiring. You see, people all around us need Christ. As America becomes more post-Christian, they need to know who changed our life. They, they need to know, ironic, considering the topic of this episode, that we can't work our way to salvation. It's the one thing our work cannot accomplish, because our work cannot undo our sin. But they need to know that Jesus has already done that for them. They need to see it through our life, and they will probably need to hear it from our mouth. And we need to use artistry to accomplish that. Jesus is calling artistic believers, and he is putting out the now hiring sign, to use the rich gifts that we have to bring hope and faith and love to others through Jesus Christ. I'm not saying it has to be hacky or cheesy or obvious, hit you over the head with a family Bible type of thing. But we have a special entry point into people's hearts. That's what it, being creative means. We find these lovely back doors and alleys into people's hearts and minds to get truth across. We have among us uh, apologists. Um, they will engage logic and philosophy and persuasion to bring a defense to the faith, to be able to speak to those who believe God is not real or that Jesus was just a man. They can specifically talk to someone who doesn't know and bring them the truth and lead people to Christ. They do it often. And they provide a valuable service to the kingdom. Now we artists, we have a different path in which to influence those who aren't necessarily geared that way. We all serve the kingdom and creative people are in desperate need of hope right now. Whether you're all in with masks and vaccines and 
<clears throat> you're frustrated with rising cases of COVID because of the Delta variant, or you're not so much and depressed because you believe the government is overreaching its authority in your life, we are all feeling it. I've compared the last year and a half to a game of whack-a-mole. You remember that, the game at uh, carnivals? And there's usually like six holes, I think, six or nine, and a little mole's head like pops up and you hit him with the mallet. The problem is, in this scenario, we're the mole. And every so often in COVID, we like peek our head out for hope and just only, boom, smashed, you know, by the, <laughs> by the experts. And like, boom, get back in your house and you stay in that house. You can't get out. What do you think you're doing? Bam, what are you doing? Four feet from somebody. Get six feet, mister. Back it up. Boom. What do you, one mask? You're just wearing one mask. You can put another mask on. We just feel like we're the moles. And every time we feel like, okay, is it over? Bam, here comes a new thing that authorities or politicians are, 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 are bringing to us. I'll be nice. I think the true devastation from all of this, though, when it comes to COVID, I think the tale will be told mentally that it's taken on all of us. Don't you feel it? Regardless of how open or closed your city or state are especially kids. Oh my word. What we've done to kids and we've transferred our fears onto them. Not that we haven't been doing that the last 20 years. And we're, we're, uh, we're imposing things upon them when their, their brains aren't fully formed. God help us for what we've done. I think it's time for us to get to work with the intentionality of bringing hope to people. Bringing political statements will only eliminate half the audience. That's all it's going to accomplish. So I'm not trying to upend creativity here, but for heaven's sakes, can we just put tragedy and hopelessness and nihilism to the side right now in our art? I know for some of you, it's like your love language. <laughs> Lord bless you. Uh, and that seems to be where you trend. But can, can we just right now, I, I, and I know sometimes those things are necessary to to keep people grounded, but oh my word, not right now. There's just too many suicides right now. People don't need another reason to exit this life. Can we, can we find some with creative hope? The Lord's hiring those people. He's saying you, you are an emissary of hope as an artist and you can reach into the heart of somebody. You can reach to the emotion and yeah, you can reach to the mind and get people thinking. Our, our art has a, a wonderful multifaceted tool. And he's looking for people who want to bring hope. We don't have to make a, a cinematic masterpiece here. We don't, we, we don't have to write our magnum opus. We don't have to create this, this thing that's going to be talked about for decades and decades. It's great if that happens, but think of what can, can just be done quickly and effectively, honestly, because we, the time is short and who knows what's coming our way. You know, I think about last year, John Krasinski, uh, he's a great actor that you, you'll probably remember from The Office or if you have Amazon Prime, the, the Jack Ryan show. He had an idea uh, during the lockdown so he started a, a YouTube channel 
and he called it Some Good News. And he used the channel to bring just that to people worldwide. And he used his celebrity connections to bring hope to people. There was one young girl, she was going to miss a live performance of Hamilton on Broadway due to the pandemic. And, and so he somehow arranged uh, a Zoom call with her. And what started as a one-on-one call, suddenly one of the uh, performers from Hamilton showed up on the screen. And then there was another and another, which gradually grew to include the entire original Broadway cast on screen singing to her. Okay, I know we probably don't have celebrity connections, but you have you. You have the creativity that God gave you. Is your audience one person? That's okay. Do you know of someone who's really going through it right now? Maybe that's the person that you're supposed to reach creatively. Use that creative brain of yours to film or record or draw or choreograph or sculpt or write something specifically geared to them to remind them of their value. Maybe your audience is wider. What can you make? What can you say or perform and then send on social media that will target those who desperately need some good news right now? And ultimately, the real good news is the reminder that Jesus has not forgotten them. He knows who they are. He knows what they're going through. And 2,000 years ago, when he died on a cross, so they didn't have to face eternal judgment, if they would just believe in him, he had their face and their name before him. God is now hiring He's calling all artists, go to him for inspiration and purpose and work together because he is the best collaborator in the universe. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the MattCast. Please share this with a friend. We would love to expand our MattCast family. If you have questions or comments, you can email me at mattcastworld at gmail.com, mattcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.